What would you like people to know about you? Uh, I'm a fun guy. Uh, obviously, I love the game of basketball. Um, I mean, it's just more questions you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't give you a whole spiel. <laughs> I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. Although we haven't had him for a couple of weeks, my producer, Marcus. What's up, Dab Nation? No Maxime today. I'm sure we'll get him back soon enough. But I am fired up to announce that rejoining us, a man who has covered the Warriors for more than 11 years, a longtime friend of this podcast, and a guy who has never seen an exercise room he didn't want to record a podcast in, Mr. Rusty Simmons. What's going on, Rusty? I was promised yoga balls. I don't know what's happening here. It's coming. It's absolutely coming. Let the record reflect. We are back in our normal studios. No exercise equipment. Although, I will tell you, boys, I've arranged for at least two random strangers to come in and just use an elliptical as we record. I found that that really helped my concentration last time, so we can look forward to that. You guys excited for it? I'm excited for that, and you should know that you helped out the gym as well. Uh, There had only been about five people who had ever used that. And now that they heard that there was a great podcast going on, people just show up at random times and start working out. I feel like being angry again, Rusty. I remember this filthy lie before the f***ing time we recorded last time when you told me that nobody ever uses the gym, no one's going to show up, within the first 30 seconds they're like running a marathon in that room. So I'm going to go ahead and not take any It was any all to see you. You should think that's a compliment. Okay, filthy lies. <laughs> this is not the Filthy Lies podcast. It is the Warriors Huddle, so I'm going to move us on. We've got a huge finals matchup to discuss. It's finally set. The Warriors are on their way to Toronto to match up with the Raptors. But before we get there, I want to go to my favorite segment, the uh, Off the Court Report. I get all types of crap. Apparently, I explain what the Off the Court Report segment means every single time. And people have been nice enough to write in that it's not that complicated and they don't need an explanation. So anyways, here's what the Off the Court... No, F you. It is what it is. It's your turn to talk. Give us a story from Off the Court if you got one from the last couple Well, I'm really going to screw it up because I'm going to go from Off the Court to On the Court because that's (laughs) the way this story works. Save your hate mail for Rusty. That's not me. We were shocked uh, at practice the other day when DeMarcus Cousins, who hadn't talked in a month, uh, shows up. He's the first one at the chair, ready to talk, wants to tell everybody that that he's getting ready to play. And a lot of us who saw the quad injury, you see a 275-pound man just crumble to the floor like that. You think, oh, my goodness, there's a problem here. And then when they showed the tape of it and you could actually see the muscle down below where it was supposed to be. And that still shot where he was reaching yes. down and it literally looked like it was like exploding out of his leg. Yes. None of those scream that he'd be getting better anytime exactly. soon. Exactly. So a lot of us were thinking, man, his season's over. His career might be over. That thing looks gnarly, right? Yeah. Next thing we know, he's sitting in the chair talking about how he thinks he might be ready for game one. And even then... When you're hearing him talk about it and going through all the, the rehab and the dark days and all that, you kind of think, all right, man, here's a guy who played nine years, wanted to be in the postseason so bad, he's just going to come back and try to limp through this. This is where the off-the-court comes back on it. Right after he talks to us, he goes back on the court, starts playing one-on-one with Damian Jones, one of the most athletic centers in the league, and it dribbles look? right past him. Did Jones look like he was going full bore? Oh, yeah, he was going at him. He was going at him. And then it got into three-on-three, and DeMarcus looks good. If, if there's a limp there, um, I don't see it. I'm 
So let's see. I'm remarkably happy to hear that for obvious reasons, but I'm going to borrow a question I had from last week's pod, and I'm going to go ahead and guess that you didn't listen. You know, and don't oh, tell yeah, me. Yeah, don't yeah. tell me if you did. I don't want to know. Just don't. I'm sure. I didn't you, do that research right before I came. Yeah, in I'm this sure week. that you exercised through it, whatever it was. But one of the things we talked about last week is: is it good for the Warriors' title chances that Demarcus is returning? And the way that we set it up was: it's good if he's coming back to make sure that the Warriors win a title any way that he can help. It's bad if he's looking at this like a tryout to show the rest of the teams that he's still capable of the contract that might elude him. What do you think, man? I mean, is this a good thing that he's back, or should we be concerned? I, I think it's good, and I think you hit on two key points there. I, I think it's good because it adds something to the Warriors right now, right? Like, most of the guys on this roster have been through this scenario already. Um, it doesn't mean that they don't want a championship any less than they used to, but they've been through it. Yep. They almost expect it. Um, in 2015, it was sheer joy when they won it. Since then, when they win, it's just relief. Yep. Like, we're supposed to do this, yep. right? So it's nice to have somebody in the room who's never been there before. DeMarcus will be a constant reminder to them of here's a dude who's never done that, never even gotten to play in the postseason yep. before. This means something to him. Right. Um, so I think for that reason, it, it's really good for the guys. Um, you bring up a really interesting thing, though, because we don't know how that translates to the court yet. It could be very easy for him to start thinking about money, thinking about, hey, every team in the league is watching this. I got a chance to go against Mark Gasol. Let me show my wares. Yep. And if they get into that, um, that's not good. But I can't imagine in the Warriors locker room that that lasts long. Like, all of a sudden, Steph just stops giving the ball on right. the block. Or all of a sudden, Steve Kerr just says, hey, come sit by me. Pretty yeah, simple. From an X's and O's standpoint, um, he matches up really well with Gasol. Mm. Uh, you know, like, I think that was still a very underrated signing. I mean, you go from Valanchunas to Gasol. Like, Gasol was in the conversation to be one of the top centers in the league while with Memphis, and then he comes over to Toronto, and he's just kind of like under the radar. But his game, he kind of camps out the three-point line. He's a big body. I think DeMarcus matches up well against that, and he's not this crazy rim runner who's going to be testing that quad you know, every single minute. If it's Boogie Cousins the Warrior... Of course, it's a huge advantage for us. He, he'll be another body that we can use to build a rim. Uh, I'm sorry, build a wall around the rim should Kawhi want to attack it. You know, it gives us a low post threat that nobody else on the Warriors currently gives. But if he's Boogie Cousins, the free agent, you know, right, that's right. a problem, man. And what the what I I can put myself in his situation, although my skills are a little bit better, as I'm sure that you guys right. know. I mean, jokes aside, I would imagine that first time he comes back, those first 10 minutes, whatever it is, he is in it for the right reasons and is absolutely going to give anything they ask him to give. But if that goes successfully, if he has like one or two games that go well, I can also see the mentality being like, wait a minute, I still have it. I don't feel like having another offseason where I have to sign a minimum, you know? But one of the things that makes the Warriors brilliant is that everybody knows what their role is, right? right? So Boogie will have a defined role before he goes into the series. It could be that, hey, you run the offense on the second team. Yeah. You're a great hub. Um, the second team's had trouble scoring. We're going to run the offense through you. Show what you can do. Yeah. Simple, right? Or it could be Kevin Durant's still not back. All of a sudden, the offense bogs down. You can't get out in transition. You need someone who can go get you a bucket. Yeah. I still think DeMarcus Cousins can do that for you. And you've hit the most important thing on the head. Steve Kerr decides what the hell happens, right? I mean, I, I know, and, and I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background. During the last time Rusty was in, I made a video game analogy. He took really hard. In fact, Marcus didn't agree with it either. I thought it was amazing. I'll try another one now. It, I still don't understand it. I'll try Okay, well, the, I, I don't want to go back Nobody. through why you didn't. Everybody understood it, and I don't want to talk about the last one. I have a new one. My daughter and I will occasionally play video games, but when I let her play and it affects the game I'm playing, 
in, I unplug her controller. That's it. She's done. She doesn't know. She's only four. You can save your judgmental Terrible look. Terrible parent. But, I mean, I, I'm really getting lost in the weeds here. <laughs> to bring it back and have it be a working analogy, we give DeMarcus as much rope as he can handle, but should it not work, you unplug his controller. That's yeah, it. He's not good. playing anymore. You know, like we, we'd have to move away from it. He's not going to handle it like your four-year-old daughter, though. She won't sob uncontrollably. <laughs> and again, I feel like you guys are teaming up to judge me, and I should have foreseen this. I know you already know this, Rusty, but there is a Warriors Huddle drinking game. One of the times you have to drink is when Marcus agrees with the guest. So be ready to just be hammered tonight because I know how much he likes you and how ready he is to agree with every point you have. You should, you should also know that DeMarcus was asked this exact question when he talked the other day, and he said, the rest of the league already knows what I can do. I'm here to help the team win a championship. And when DeMarcus Cousins was in Sacramento, and even when he was in New Orleans, those weren't the kinds of things he was saying. So I think that tells you a little bit about the growth that, that he's had since he's been there. Rusty's completely right. Yo, shocking. <laughs> the other thing that it told us is that Rusty was sitting on a quote that was perfect for the scenario and held on to it before I, I was about to move out of the segment. Said, oh, wait a minute. I have one last thing that is perfect for this in particular segment. You got to close so, strong. That's how you do it. Yeah, nicely played. I think it's weird that you're doing bench presses as we do this. <laughs> I'd like to ask you to stop. I also find it distracting. Gentlemen. Let's talk the finals. I have a series of questions that are designed to hopefully give us a chance to deconstruct this matchup, figure out who we think the favorites are. But a warning, all right? These questions are not linked to any kind of timeline. They're going to be jumping around. There's no way to really follow rhyme or reason, so I apologize. Or your analogies. Or my, no, my analogies are phenomenal, especially when they deal with video games. But the other thing is that there are some stakes. Um, he's not in the room with us, but our master of stat, Matthew Siegel, is in fact out there keeping track of each one of our guesses. So in the offseason, we'll find out which one of us was the smartest. Uh, spoiler alert, it's me, but we'll find out together. Am I the only one who's ever gone 100% on these things? Uh, you're the only person who pretended like they went 100% <laughs> okay, on sounds these right. things. Yeah, I mean, congratulations on that, I guess. Um, here is our first question, and it'll also illustrate that not all of them um, have an immediate answer. But I will be honest. I don't pay that much attention to the East Coast, nor do I pay attention to their basketball. I, I look at the standings, but I wasn't really watching Toronto before this recent playoff run. Give us a little something about Toronto, how they get here, just a, a precursor on this team. Oh, they're great. Um, they have a point guard in Kyle Lowry who's been doing this for seven years. Um, people don't know this, but even when LeBron was in the East, Toronto had the best record in the Eastern Conference for six years, right? They just couldn't get over the hump. And so Masai Ujiri took the risk of his life. He fired the coach of the year in Dwayne Casey and got rid of the franchise's best ever player in DeMar DeRozan, who wanted to come back, whose wife and family were staples of that arena, traded them for Kawhi Leonard, who is not going to stay there, for and sure. And came off a season when he played nine games. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a risk, yep. right? And hired the assistant coach to yes. fill in. Yeah, like, yeah. Ultimate Talk about it. Line. Yeah, <laughs> talk about a risk, right? Yeah. Um, but what Toronto did all year long was they load managed, missed the popular word, but they took care of Kawhi all year. If, if he felt anything in his quad, they said, you're sitting, you're resting, regular season doesn't matter. They could have won 60 games. They could have challenged Milwaukee for the best record in the East. They were the best team. Right. If you watched their defense, you were like, oh, my goodness, right. this team is something. Um, and then Pascal Siakam became a star w without anybody noticing. Right. Um, they're really good. And, and the thing that is going to stand out in this series, the only thing that gives them a chance is 
the Warriors are the best transition team in basketball. It doesn't even have to be a turnover. It can be a rebound, and Draymond Green just pushes it, and they get easy buckets. They won't do that. They cannot do that against Toronto. Toronto gets back. Their transition defense is the best in the league. That gives them a chance. Two fast follow-ups. Let's start with Kyle Lowry. Um, I've always, you know, he's he's a great player as a fantasy basketball player. I've been aware of him and I've watched his highlights. But the other thing I've always been aware of is that he seemingly, and all underlying seemingly, chokes during the playoffs. I remember hearing stories where he like left the bench during a game to go look himself in the mirror and kind of talk himself back into being the superstar we thought he was. Is that fixed? I mean, I know who Kawhi is. I know how good this team is. But now, can they count on on uh, Lowry? It was funny. He got asked after Game Six, so they had wrapped it up. They were going to the NBA Finals, and they said, "What's the difference?" And he just laughed and looked to his right where Kawhi was sitting. I mean, that 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 changes your franchise. That changes confidence in everybody. And you're right. I think about Kyle Lowry that during the regular season game when it doesn't matter, you know he's going to put up stats. He always produces. He works hard all the time. But I think there is something about the lights. There has been something. Right. Um, part of it is you play LeBron James in the playoffs every year. You're probably going to get beat. But the other part of it is that. He hasn't been great in big moments, but all of a sudden, if you really think the person to your right is the best player in the league, yep. that lifts your confidence too. And I know you don't like Mark Jackson references, but Coach Jackson used to always say, confidence is a monster. I don't like Mark Jackson references. <laughs> confidence is a monster, and it's turned Kyle Lowry into a monster. Well, and it changed his stakes. Yep. I mean, you could argue with DeMar DeRozan. I'm not sure which one of those two is necessarily the leader. I mean, you're right when you said he right. was the best player on that team, but when you looked at it from the outside, you could say that either of them were the leader. So Absolutely. that yeah. the results, you could say, again, landed on Kyle Lowry's shoulders, whereas now there's no question. Right. Lowry is just a bit player. I mean, he's an important bit yeah. player, but should they not succeed, it's not going to fall on him. Exactly right. Yeah, I don't think Lowry's play is the X factor. I think it's if Danny Green and Pascal Siakam cannot keep hitting those corner threes. Because in this in the series against Milwaukee, they were missing, and that was what was keeping Milwaukee in it. If they hit those, they're such a tough team to beat. Which we will get to under both who's the X factor for Toronto and what player were Warriors fans learn to hate. I think that triggers both of those, right? Yeah. But before we get there, let me ask you this follow-up about Kawhi. So the thing I kind of liked about this, and I, I hate making this analogy. It'll reveal that I watched The Bachelor. It is what it is. But this whole season kind of felt like an episode of The Bachelor. They are trying desperately to have a lifetime match up with Kawhi and see which one of these dates leads to it. And this is kind of the ultimate culmination. I've thought that if they win, Toronto wins the title, they have an opportunity to keep Kawhi. And just in case you guys haven't been following along, what Rusty was alluding to and what everyone assumes is that Kawhi is going to be a clipper at the end of this year. Well, he wouldn't play for San Antonio. Nobody would trade for him because the common knowledge was that he was going to leave after a year regardless. So Toronto has played this game of like, well, maybe if we can get him to love us just enough, he's going to sign a contract. And it culminates now. If they win the finals, they keep him, I thought. And if they lose, they don't. Do you think he's gone regardless? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Um, you you watch Kawhi even from the outside perspective, and you realize he's not comfortable in a lot of <laughs> venues, right? I think you're going to say normal, and <laughs> I completely agree with that. <laughs> he is most comfortable in Southern California, where he's from, where his family is. That's where he wants to be. Um Look, Toronto took took a good risk here because he Kawhi likes San Antonio. He didn't he didn't want spotlight. He loved being in that kind of market, and Toronto is that way. If he if he, if he was playing for the Maple Leafs, it'd be a totally different story than him playing for the Raptors, right? Basketball just isn't a huge deal there, yeah. and so he, I'm sure he likes the market. But that doesn't take away from the fact that. He wants to be at home where he's comfortable with people he trusts. He doesn't trust a lot of people. He wants to be comfortable. That happens in Southern California. And he's smart enough to realize that the Clippers 
are going to be a heck of a lot more comfortable than yeah. going to the Lakers. A, I want to see Kawhi play for the Maple Leafs. That would be great. Um, <laughs> how long? How long do you think it would take him? Six months, and don't you bet he'd be one of the best if players that, in the yeah. NHL? I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there people who watch the NHL? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's the only Cup playoffs right now. Um, but secondly, his Kawhi's sister posted a video on social media with somebody in the background screaming, "He ain't staying here anymore." <laughs> Um, that's, that's and nice after everybody in the media picked it up and said, oh, he's definitely leaving. So if that's true, you know, I think that's just another support point for what Rusty's saying that he's gone. So you agree with Rusty is what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just look at the way you everybody play. take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I unfortunately agree with you guys, too. Um, it's more of a personality analysis, one that I'm not qualified to make, but I'm not qualified to make any takes. So it hasn't stopped me in the past. Um, but what they are seeing in Toronto, the analogy that they were drawing was the Paul George one, what they did in OKC. But if you look at what those two dudes have done differently in their career, I, George has never won a title. and hasn't been that close. I could see that if I was OKC, if I think I get him close enough, he has an MVP type season. Season. I surround him with enough people. They have enough success. It takes him to a place he's never been in his career, and he wants more, so he wants to stay there. That's not true for Kawhi. He won a title. He was a Finals MVP. Right. You know, if he had already decided, look, I am going to LA, and whatever happens in between, I'll have a little bit of fun. You know, and he goes to Toronto and has a little bit of fun. He doesn't care if he wins the title. It doesn't care if he wins Finals MVP. He's already done it. This was his vacation. Next year, he goes back to the Clips. Um, I was going to do it later. Let me ask you this. Very few of these questions actually have an objective right answer. So, mm-hmm. you know, we could go either way. This one does, in fact, have objective right answer. Is Kawhi or can we agree that Mr. Leonard is a remarkably strange guy? I think you're strange for thinking he's strange. Come on. Wait like, no, no, We've got the laugh stay, thing. Stay, stay with me here. Stay We've with me here. We've got the laugh thing. We've got the weird. Like, every time he's interviewed, it sounds like he's never spoken to a human before. Stay, I, stay with me here. Is it stranger to take questions literally and to not want to talk to the media or is it stranger to sit at home on social media and argue with 12 year olds <laughs> like you know what i mean like okay. i don't i don't think it's all that weird for a human to not be comfortable sitting on a dais getting questions from people they don't know I- it all depends on circumstance, okay? That's fair. If, if, for example, when he did that weirdo laugh, which hopefully we'll get a clip of, I can understand why that would be off-putting. He hasn't met any of these people. He has no idea what the questions are going to be. The, the question they gave him was a softball. Like, describe yourself. And he was like, I'm a fun guy. You know, I, I'd have no idea what to do there either. But if somebody, for example, asks you, you know, what does it take to beat Milwaukee three times in a row? You don't answer, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. I don't think he is analyzing these things and being like, I'm going to be very literal and answer it. I think that's just who he is. I think he just hears information and is literal. That's weird. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying he's a weird dude. Yeah, after game two, they're like, where do you guys head from here? And like, what's the game plan? He just looked at him and said, we head to Toronto. <laughs> that is a weird thing but to do. It's accurate. Yeah, I'm not sure why that's so weird. <laughs> that's just him. I mean, yeah. he was when he was, I don't know if it was when he was an MVP yet but he was still driving the old ford explorer whatever old car he had you know and popovich was like why are you still driving this car he's like because it still works <laughs> like that's him you like, know like he clips coupons <laughs> drives a 97 tahoe i don't so i don't think it's in this setting in the nba where the guys know that they're supposed to take a question and run with it and fill up the sound bite and all that of course it feels a little strange when you see somebody who's not but in everyday life i think there are 
billions of people who this is how they communicate. Okay. They just get straight to the accurate answer and move on. We can right. we can <laughs> we can agree on that. We can also agree that those billions of people are weirdos. I think that we're all saying <laughs> the exact same thing. There's not a shortage of weirdos in the world, and Kawhi Leonard happens to be one of them. Some pictures today surfaced of Kevin Durant boarding the Warriors team plane. So he's, in fact, going to Toronto. That suggests to me that he's capable of playing either game one or game two. Do you expect him to see him on the court in Toronto? No. Really? No. Why travel? He, he wants to be with the team. Um, that's where the doctors are going to be. That's where the training staff is going to be. Um, I think it does suggest improvement. Um, he couldn't even make a flight to Portland. Um, so that shows, that shows improvement because – that you know, on a plane, that thing's going to swell. He's going to be squeezed into a seat. He's going to have to go up and down stairs. Got to do it again for the bus. So there's a lot of things there that say, sure. "Hey, this is he, things are, are progressing." But he hadn't even been on the court yet. Right. Um, and I keep trying to remind everybody that when the Warriors say he's going to be reevaluated in a week, which now is going to be Wednesday, so that that would give him time before Game One. No, it wouldn't because. If he gets evaluated on Wednesday, that means that he would have to practice at least three on three, if not five on five on Thursday. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen on game day. And it's probably not going to happen in the two days before the next game because they're not going to risk the other players who would have to play in the three on three or the five on five contest. So even if it's an emergency valve, let's say they get their ass kicked game one, they lose by 20 spots. All this, people were saying that for the Portland series. They were like, oh, if they go up two yeah. nothing, yeah. Kevin Durant's not going to play. I can promise you the Warriors don't make decisions that way. Huh. They're. Super cautious with people's injuries. You got to think about what Kevin Durant means to the franchise. You can't. It doesn't matter about winning one game or taking a risk like that. They're talking about this guy's career, right? Here. You know, yeah. they, they don't. They don't make decisions like that. Is there any truth that Durant has demanded that the Warriors bring at least five twelve-year-olds so he could disagree with them on social media? Yes, that is true. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was a real rumor. But <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard trying to have a conversation? My God, no. My God, no. And what I imagine is Durant asks him a very simple question. He gives him a super weirdo answer, and then. You pop up out of nowhere. There's billions of people who would have said exactly that. And then out come Marcus. I agree with Rusty. Uh, a real question. And one that's impossible to answer. It's obviously just an opinion, but I want your boys' opinion on it. Who is more important to the Warriors in this series, Kevin Durant or Stephen Curry? I think it's such a hard series to look at any way because you don't know if the most talented player in the series is going to play a minute. It's so difficult. Um, but Pat McCall? N- yes. <laughs> but but knowing knowing that Kevin Durant is a long way away from playing in a game, he still steps away from getting on the court, um, the guy who's going to play in at least four games is probably the most important. So the easy answer is Stephen Curry. You agree? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I don't think he's the X factor, but out of those two, he's the most important just because He's the engine, you know, like Steph is what makes the team go right now. Do you think one of the other things we talked about last week? um, So we brought up the ridiculous question that has surfaced recently. Are the Warriors better with or without Kevin Durant? Of course, they are better with Kevin Durant. But the one person whose individual stats illustrate that he's better without Kevin Durant is Steph Curry. Right. And what I said, and it was just a guess, is that this must be really redeeming for Curry. This last year's against Portland, he kind of gets to show everybody what he's capable love without somebody else uh, you know, taking away some of his luster. Do you think he cares about stuff like that? I, you've got a relationship with Steph. Who he is as a... a so I know on one side, he's uber competitive. Yeah. I know on the other, really all he cares about winning. So would this have spoken to him? Yeah, so uh, I just wrote a story um, not long ago, within the last couple of months, about how he keeps track of all this stuff. How he, as he said, his quote was, I can be petty. 
right? He remembers that the GMs once called him one of the top five shooting guards in the league instead of a point guard, sure. and that drove him crazy. Um, he remembers that I voted for Andre Iguodala for the finals MVP and not him. <laughs> he remembers that I voted for Tyreek Evans for the rookie of the year and not him. You know what I mean? So he's keeping a list of these things, and some of them are way bigger, like the players choosing James Harden as the MVP instead of him, yeah. right? Like that means something to him. But as he keeps track of all this stuff, the one thing that never bothers him is what people say about his game. And here was his answer why. Nobody can judge it. I'm the only one who knows what I'm doing out there. And I thought that was exactly right. Because you look at his numbers and you say, he's a better player when Kevin Durant's not there. He looks at it and says, I'm so valuable when Kevin's there. Look at the gravity. Look at me pulling everybody away from it. Mm -hmm. Look at what I'm doing. And he knows. He's the only one in the world who knows. So I think if it happens on the court, he doesn't care about anybody's opinions of what's happening. It's the little petty stuff on the side that he remembers. I love that with the exception of you had to use me specifically to illustrate. Not all I, I mean, all of you. No, no, I all felt like you. I mean, you were looking at me specifically with eye contact. So I felt like that was aimed right at me, which was a little bit inappropriate. Uh, let me ask you this. We covered the fact that Boogie's coming back. Um, who plays more minutes in this series, gentlemen? Andrew Bogut or DeMarcus Cousins? This is a great question um, because I think DeMarcus Cousins is now healthy enough to play. Um, and it sounds like his conditioning is there where he could play 15, 20 minutes, oh. which is about what he would play anyway, right? Um, but you just you don't know which way the series is going to go. And then you don't know if the Achilles and quad and everything else hold up. Um, I think the easy answer is to say DeMarcus is a better player. He should get more minutes. But there's so many things that could go wrong. Um, I'm going to lean toward Bogut and say that he's going to play more minutes. I'm going to change the question for you, but I still want the answer. You could only play one of the two centers to play. Who would you pick? Ooh. Um, I'm assuming health yeah. is not a factor, and I would go Boogie. Um just because he brings a different element, and I think he matches that better with Gasol than Bogut does. I will go Bogut because I think that you can expect, you know what to expect out of him mentally more so than you do out of Boogie. And I, I'm sure all these concerns I keep bringing up about his free agency and the tryout stuff are off base, but you know for sure, whatever the hell it is they ask Bogut to do, he will die trying to do. There's not going to be anything more than that. There's not going to be anything less than that. He will leave everything he has out there. I, that's probably true for DeMarcus. I just don't know it. I don't have nobody the same knows. relationship yeah, right. with him. Yeah, no. nobody knows. Um, here's an important one. Should, so let me set this up, um, during the Eastern Conference Finals, Drake, who is the super fan for Toronto and a uh, owner of a front court seat, was shown while they were in Toronto just running the sideline, just running wherever the hell he wanted to go. At one point, after a four-point play towards the end, I think in what, game four, he literally ran over and massaged Coach Nurse's shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. And so it kind of brought up, should he be allowed to do this crap? Now, one person who 100% says no was Raptors coach Mike Budenholzer. He says, quote, Bucks coach, Bucks coach. Uh, I'm sorry, that's right, Bucks coach. Uh, there's certainly no place for fans or whatever Drake is for the Raptors on the court. There's boundaries and lines for a reason. Raptors coach Steph Curry also had this to say. <laughs> Curry or Steph actually thought that he should be allowed to do it. Quote, it's a bit entertaining. It's a tricky situation with him being right there on the court. But at the end of the day, he's having fun. You can't hate 
on nobody having fun. So the question is, should you be allowed? Go ahead uh, and sit back while I answer Steph really fast. I can hate him having fun. <laughs> I could not stand watching that fool run across. He's not a player. In fact, even if he was a player, look at all the members of the Raptors bench. You see anybody getting up and massaging Coach Nurse's right. shoulders or running right. in front of the scores table? No! There's very specific delineated rules, dude. And if you are a fan, not even a player, just go ahead and enjoy that, what, like two foot space you have you're allowed to stand up put up your arms but don't be running back and forth absolutely unequivocally unacceptable i say he needs to sit his ass down did you see in game six that he had somebody there checking him like when he oh. started getting too excited <laughs> man dude grabbed him by the throat at one point and i don't recognize him so i don't think it was one of drake's guys i think it might have been an nba guy who was like hey that is awesome. it's time to calm down well did you know that at oracle they're actually going to ask too short an e40 to do that exact same <laughs> yeah, thing because right. that fool is not going to be allowed to do whatever the hell he wants yeah. in the town but i you know i i get a little excited in this should he be allowed to is it inappropriate that he was doing that I, stuff? you mentioned the the shoulder rubbing thing and i think everybody would agree that that's a step too far yes. but one one of the things that makes sports amazing and fandom so wild is that people have convinced themselves that they actually have something to do with the outcome of the game, right? <laughs> it's why people yell during free throws. It's why people are so loud when the opposing team's offense has the ball and defense in football. Like it, People think they actually have something to do with the game. They don't. He doesn't. He's just like every other fan there. But the reason why the NBA is so popular and the reason why they sell tickets to it and the reason why they can charge all this for advertising and stuff during the TV is because the fans think they have something to do with it. And so I say let them cheer because everybody else in the arena is doing the same thing. Just don't touch anybody. <laughs> I agree. I mean, basketball is one of the few sports of the like core four that the fans are so close to the players and so close to the action. Like, you know, players will high-five fans, you know. They'll fall into them and eat popcorn and, you know, drink their drinks. And you can't do that. You can do the Lambo leap when you score a touchdown. But other than that, like, there's a border and division. Like, in basketball, it's not there. Did Drake take it too far? The shoulder rub? Yes. But he is part of the Raptors organization. He's a global ambassador or whatever. It's a made-up title, but he's part of the organization. He shouldn't be up and down the court to where he was but the interaction the fact that he is part of it it adds a layer uh, to me of entertainment that no other core sport can do and i think it sets it apart and it's why the nba is on a track that's so fun and and has the fans growing at such a weird clip it's part of the soap opera but I think where you should be limited to is the space immediately in front of and behind your seat. Joe Lacob is a member of the Warriors organization. He owns the Warriors organization. He occasionally interacts with players, but he doesn't sprint in front of other people's view. But that's because he's on the opposite side. But even if he, if was, he was on, there, if he was on the Warriors side, you don't think that he would be involved in huddles? I, I, I don't touching I, players, I, rubbing coaches, high fiving Clay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see him high fiving players. I see him, uh, you know, giving the point to Clay. But I see him doing it from his seat. I don't think he would get up and move over fortunately enough we don't have to get to that analysis right. because one he's not on that side two drake does not own the team three f yourself drake <laughs> stay in a goddamn seat because that's where it should go you, you grew up during this era where spike and reggie were going at it yeah. did you not were you not thoroughly entertained by that stuff it is my favorite of the 30 for 30s yeah um, yeah I, the i loved the winning time i loved when uh, brian scott 
Byron Scott ultimately like broke down. Now they were fighting with both Spike and, and if his Steph girl. and Drake have that kind of moment in the championship, it won't sure. be the best but thing you know you've what? ever seen. Neither Spike Lee nor his girlfriend were doing leaving their seat. You're I'm right. not saying You're you right. can't talk right. crap, dude. You can do that. You know, you're allowed to participate. I'm just saying you can't be sprinting over to the coach yeah. and giving him an impromptu neck massage. Also, I'll have you know that I am personally responsible for making people miss free throws in Oracle for at least <laughs> ten years, and you know nothing. Uh, let me run talk about conversational whiplash but it's an idea i've been working on for a while seems like a good public setting for it let me run it by you so my idea for let's say we'll do it in chase center to have a brand new start when the opposing arena or the opposing team is on the free throw line i think that oracle on the big board should have either a red or a green light at all times all right if it's red the fans stay silent completely silent you don't say anything if it turns green we cheer as loud as possible when the opposing team is on the free throw line you might have two that go by that stay red and it just goes silent the entire time they don't know maybe it'll flip halfway through and suddenly they'll be cheering by the second third sixth time to the free throw line the opposing team is going to be aware maybe they'll cheer maybe they won't we can affect them i don't want to be a downer but the Warriors fans can't even get in the same room to put the same shirt on. <laughs> Trying to get them to cheer at the same time. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. <laughs> this isn't Cameron Arena. <laughs> Duke level coordinated cheers going on here. But it, but it is but it is a I good, can't believe you used the shirt thing against it me. Is it is it's like my jihad and like suddenly I was faced with my worst nightmare. It is a good observation of the way Oracle's going. And I don't want to rip up on Oracle right here before it takes a championship for his last game ever there but you realize how much more often they have to tell the fans what to do on the scoreboard now that didn't used to happen of course like tell them to get loud tell them when to cheer i mean all that is absurd it used to be hoop fans who were in there who knew exactly what was going on the only organic cheer that is left is the let's go warriors cheer let's go warriors because they don't have a prompt for it you know, I mean, like yeah. but everything else, even down to the Warriors, they, they yeah. all of them are it's an interactive experience. And it's the person who is working for the Warriors who determines when the hell it is that we scream. Right. Um, also, my free throw idea is brilliant and they should immediately <laughs> put it into check. Every center. once in a while, Oracle still does have the moments where the Warriors are going through one of their lapses where they just don't care for a couple of minutes and they start turning the ball over. And you do see like a section rise up and they're yep. like, you know what, tonight we're not going to wait for you to do your thing for us to cheer they're like we're going to inspire you and that makes me feel good there are still there is still some of that in the arena normally that section is about 8,000 feet up that's right right. but they (laughs) are in fact still there gentlemen uh, and let me set this up with a little background so I've got friends in my life who are not Warriors fans and what they the last thing that they can now hold on to to try to hate on the Warriors dynasty is to suggest look one you guys didn't do it with your own people you had to bring in KD two you're not quite there you need to win another title all right let me ask this. Do the Warriors need to win this series to be considered a dynasty? No. I mean, getting to five NBA finals is is a dynasty. Uh, winning three of them is a dynasty. Yeah. And I don't understand the whole thing about you guys had to go out and buy these things. They added one free agent to a team that they drafted and organically built. Right. Um, they still have six guys from the team that won the 2015 championship. That doesn't happen. Exactly right. That that many players don't stay on a roster together for this long. So that whole thing to me is, of course, the one guy they went out and got is the most talented guy in the league. So I I get that. But the whole thing is built on drafting, organic growth, and the development of the players that they got. They didn't have a bunch of number one picks. They have the number seven pick, the number 11 pick. 
a Draymond Green in the second round. I mean, you know what? I'm t- when I hear that stuff, I'm just like, it's just people who don't understand. Yeah, completely agree. And I would add another different point is that they're a dynasty because they've changed the way the entire league plays. Yeah. They, they've had yeah. the entire league switching the way that they approach the game, where they draft players, who they sign, who they don't sign, to try to combat this way of small ball, death lineup, you know, 3 and D type defenders, 6'8", 220, 240 players that you can just put on anybody and switch everything. And it's just changed the entire game. So I think from a dynastic point of view, they've already hit that because they've changed basketball forever from that point. As far as the KD additions somehow undermining the legacy of this team, it is ludicrous. It completely misunderstands what the front office is there to do. The front office's job is to bring in people to say that the, yeah. that the success doesn't count because they did their job too well. It's like saying Rolex's watch doesn't count because it was too well made. Like What are you talking about? It is insanity to go down that. The rest, uh, the rest of the league including the Warriors twice, could have taken Draymond Green before pick number 35, right? Yep. right? The rest of the league could have signed Boogie Cousins this offseason for a mid-level exception. The rest of the league had a chance to go get Kevin Durant. They, Everybody got to go to the Hamptons if they wanted. A hundred percent. And the reason why I think the light years moniker fits is because of when they did. So everyone, you know, the, the argument goes they were already a 73-win team. What the hell would you need Durant? The way I view that is in the midst of the most successful regular season in the history of the league, Bob Myers and Lacob and everybody got together, realized that there was a loophole in the upcoming collective bargaining agreement and said, you know what? This isn't good enough. Absolutely, unequivocally, not good enough. I need you guys to figure out a way to bring in Kevin Durant. That's how the hell you are light years. And if it bothers you that they did it, F yourself. Too bad. Right. Go sit down with Drake. We deserve this. And, of course, they uh, this thing should be considered a dynasty. And and I, I, I forgot about your initial question, which was the dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of I'm guilty of this, too. Like, I start spouting off how many times they went to the finals, how many times they won the, the NBA championship, how many times they had MVP, all this stuff, right? And I forget that they also won 73 games. Yeah, that's right. That's talking about yeah. generational, legacy, dynastic stuff. Can we still talk about it, though? I feel yeah. like we don't because they lost that finals. You know, like it's like we got right there, but, but it didn't really. It's like the, the guys, hottest girl you've ever dated, but, the but you guy, didn't marry. But the guys who experienced that, Draymond Green wanted that more than anybody. He convinced them all, we're going to go do this, right? And the guys who went through that, what they had, they had to win a game at San Antonio where they hadn't won in so many years. They had to do all these things down the stretch to win that thing, to, to get to the record. And the guys who experienced that talk about that moment like winning a championship. Yeah. That, that, was, that was their goal. That, that they wanted that record. Because, because in years, we'll talk about that. Yeah. True. I think Kobe scoring, whatever he scored, 60 that night. Like it being his last game dulled that yep. moment yep. too. Because yep. I remember myself going back and forth like, oh, I kind of want to watch Kobe. He's, yeah. he's going crazy yeah. on his last game yeah. ever. Um, and the social media escalated because of what he was doing. Exactly. It was hard to ignore yeah, that final thing. Off script question. Sorry, Bram. Um, light years much. ahead. Yeah, Light years ahead. Who are we looking at and would bring in that is a game changer if we don't have KD? Like, is it Giannis? Is it AD? Is it Kawhi? When? Next year or just generally speaking? Just whenever. I mean, we're we're light years ahead. What's the next light years move? I always say this about, like, if there is a superstar out there, Joe Lacob has the Warriors in the conversation. He did this years and years ago with Dwight Howard and got an interview when nobody was considering coming to the Warriors, right? If there is a superstar out there, they're involved. And like you're talking about, Anthony Davis is going to get moved. 
Kawhi Leonard's going to choose a new spot. And so I never count the Warriors out of any of this stuff. And I'm always reminded by Iguodala, the sign and trade where they involve both Denver and Utah and figure out a way to Andre. get or uh, to get yeah, Beez- Andres Beezer's contract, yeah. Richard Jefferson's contract, and Brandon Roy, who can't walk contract, yeah. Brandon Rush, yeah. sorry, who can't walk. Get those contracts off of your books to bring in Andre Iguodala. People, that's where the light years comes in because people look at the salary cap and they're like, they can't do anything. And then next thing you know, they get rid of all this salary and bring in Andre Iguodala. So let me make sure I'm hearing what you're saying. Are you saying, one, that the Warriors could, as things currently stand, there's not necessarily financial flexibility for them to really do anything, but it's they've already tough, shown that they were magic, um, so they might be able to pull right. off magic. All right. So they're not set up to be able to make a run as things are, but they've shown that they can find that flexibility where nobody else can. And they've showed that they'll pay a ridiculous luxury tax to do it. Right. And they have the black MX car that is Chase Center to presumably be able to pay. And they have the ultimate player magnet in the world. There are guys like Kawhi Leonard who the most important thing to him in the world is to be comfortable and to win. There are some other guys who like to have fun. And everybody in the league wants to play with Stephen Curry because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to to back that up, the Warriors are, what, plus 350, I think, in Vegas odds to sign Kawhi. Like, why are you even in there? Why is Vegas even giving you a line at that point? I mean, the Clippers are the leaders, but the fact that the Warriors are even listed there is, like, proof that they're doing something right. And to back what you guys were saying, and the majority of people assume he's going back to L.A. or going to L.A. is their number. I think the Clippers are minus 220. I mean, they are heavy favorites. You'd have to bet $220 to win $100. Let's get back to almost where we started this thing. What Toronto Raptor or Warrior fans learn to hate? I will go first because I'm proud of my answer, although it's kind of cheating. Warrior fans have already learned to hate this guy. It is my boy, Patrick McCaw. <laughs> he is back in our lives, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we never really got any response about why he left, but Toronto has brought him right back front and center. And I was getting ready to not care. I mean, he's, you know, he's not getting any minutes. He's not going to make a big impact until he tweeted this, quote, in all caps, just all caps, all the way across. He tw- or tweeted, say what you want, three straight NBA Finals appearances, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, which I hate when people do that. Still, in all caps, I can't make this up. My faith got me here. Nothing but God. Zero worries. Zero doubts. So that was from him. Good news is, apparently, he and I both agree it wasn't his talent that got him there. I guess it was his faith. Uh, I am really annoyed by this. Insanely annoyed. I, I Even without knowing the details, the idea that he is trumpeting that he has won this scenario where actually he'd be in the on the team that is favored to win this exact finals making more money had he just stayed here so i and don't play, see and playing as many as many and, many playing, and being a part of like a foundational piece to this dynastic team so he is the guy i've decided already to hate but it's open for interpretation who else out there i don't know that you can hate someone who doesn't impact the series though like if he's only out there during scrub time did, did you, you know hate him? Yeah, I hate you're right, him right, you're right. now yes, it's not, I don't have to watch anything it's already happened well, I hate him because of a tweet I, I waffled on the guy who I think is going to be because I'm not sure how much he's going to play um, Danny Green's going to start Ugh. and he's going to start on Stephen Curry and he has a history a long history of annoying Stephen Curry he's a really good defender on him but he's missed so many corner threes during the playoffs I'm not sure how much he's going to play so that's why I waffled on it if he plays that's the guy that Warriors fans are going to dislike because he's going to be 
fouling Stephen Curry like crazy. Oh, I shouldn't say fouling. He's going to be clutching, fouling, grabbing, yeah. holding, and they're not going to call it. And fit Warriors fans are going to go crazy. And we have a history of hating Danny Green too. Yeah. I can see this right when you said that. Like my old Danny Green hating muscle kind of got fired back <laughs> up. So I can see where you're coming from. I'm going to go uh, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I think he had a pretty bad series this last one against Milwaukee and he's due for a bounce back and he just at that weird size that will give us trouble so um, if we put Iggy on him maybe we contain him a little bit but then who's going to guard Kawhi you know will it be Draymond I don't know but it's going to be I think he's going to be annoying and to the point to where he's just going to do these little jump hooks in the lane and I'm just going to scream that I hate him he's there Draymond He's the guy who, if he plays for your team, you love him to death. And if he plays against you, you immediately dislike him. All those weird, hustly things that annoy you after like five or six minutes. And he's really grown up. I remember Bonte was on this show with us in the beginning of the year. And we were talking about whether or not Draymond is going to stay on the team. And he said, if you had to trade for him, that's the guy I would trade for is is Siakam. And at the time, you know, you're crazy. The Warriors would never do that. It'd be a pretty solid trade at this stage. So, I mean, he's he's definitely created a career for himself. You don't think Serge Ibaka will be hated by the end of this series? Yeah. He's a guy who will hit you in the chest. He's a guy who will push you behind the scene. You know, I kind of wonder if he's not a guy that that might get into that mix. And good enough where he'll hit something. Three, yeah. where like we feel like he shouldn't, and we'll be pissy that he's making a difference, right. but he hits a three, and now you just hate him in his stupid, hateable face. I could definitely <laughs> see uh, that going down. You know, it's, here's here's a random one. One of the things that I don't know bothered me. I've noticed some combination is for me growing up as an old school basketball fan. I kind of gotten used to the idea during the playoffs. You're not friends. Doesn't matter if you played on the same AAU team. Doesn't matter if you take vacations together. Between the lines for those 48 minutes, you are enemies. But there's been some exceptions to that. People who I would never think would do it have helped up opposing team players when they were on the ground. Something that just didn't happen like in the 80s and 90s and kind of the old classic basketball. So what I want to do is, these are all predictions, I'm going to give you guys a name. You tell me during the finals, will this person be uh, be seen helping up an opposing player when they hit the ground? All right? Here's my first guy, Kawhi Leonard. Will he help somebody yeah, else? Help somebody oh, else? no chance. No. Let me let me start by before you get to the individual stuff. Let me start by saying, did you see people picking each other up in the Warriors Houston series? No, I want to say no. I didn't. I didn't yeah. see it at all no. because that that they was yeah. yeah. And and in the Portland series, the Warriors weren't challenged. Yeah. It's it's hard to dislike Dame and CJ anyway. And I got to admit, it bothered me when I saw Draymond Green pick up CJ because he, he's, he he's the one guy. He's the one guy who I'm so confident okay, is yes. going to always just step over right. you. Yeah. Um, so, but I think it has something to do with the series. And now in this series, I think there are some hateable guys. I think this is top level competition. I think it'll get back to the point where you don't help the other. Do guy not out. tell me that Zach Collins is not hateable because very he's hateable. Cor- Crazy. If you can get if you can get Crazy. Clay if you can get Clay mad, then, yeah. then you got Myers Leonard. They never should have helped his stupid ass <laughs> off on the court, anyways. But Kawhi Leonard, it sounds like both of you guys say no. No. I will agree with you. I'm gonna say no as well. Plus, if somebody reached out their hand, Kawhi would turn it down. Okay, which makes me like yeah. Kawhi or say something hell of weird that nobody understood. <laughs> How about Draymond Green? Will he help somebody up, an opposing player off the floor? Yes, uh, but, but there, he's going to have to 
to what he does now, I think sometimes it saves himself from technicals and flagrants by doing it. And he also said, we've, we've got this ongoing story, if you haven't read it, that Draymond was watching his son play, you know, just mess around with basketball and went up for a shot, feigned contact, and then purposely flopped. And he said that, Draymond said that he learns something from that. He doesn't want his son channeling his own, you know, yeah. uh, histrionics on the court, so he's kind of tried to peel it back. I'm going to say... He'll pick somebody up, but in the same series, he'll also step over somebody. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Draymond looks at yeah. him and says no. It's the finals, man. Yeah, it's time to sack you. up. I think he only picks up one player if it happens, Kyle Lowry. It's from the uh, Team right. USA days. <laughs> Otherwise, everybody else, he doesn't care. This just in. Rusty and Marcus are wrong. <laughs> we go to Steph. I'll go first. I'll say yes. I think he helps somebody out. That's just who he is. Does he ever knock anybody over? No, I'm not. That's not limited to the people they've knocked over. You know, just somebody goes down in a scrum. He sees them. He's standing there. He reaches down. I think he has to up. I think. He, yeah, I think he and Kyle are tight, but I don't see him knocking anybody over, and I don't see him picking anybody up. Maybe, a, maybe if Jay Lynn goes down during garbage time at the end, <laughs> maybe Steph runs out on the court and helps him up. They're close. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think so. I'm going. I'm going no with Curry. I just don't see the opportunity. Patrick McCaw is not going to be on the floor, so he's not picking anybody up. Andrew Bogut will be on the floor. I think this should be a resounding no. By the way. I'm just thinking back to the how this whole thing started. Is you are very fired up for whatever it is you're about to say. Your <laughs> eyes are the size of like saucers, dude. So yeah, go ahead. Fire it off. We're watching Game Six of the Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee's season is about to be over. Gasol crushes Giannis in the back. And Giannis goes back and just pats him on the back, like, all love. It's like, dude, your season is almost yes. over. What are you doing? Yes, exactly. And Milwaukee, I think, learned a lot. I think we're going to see a lot of them next year. But uh, we will save that for next year. You guys agree with me? Bogut, no? Bogut, no. no he's not picking anybody up. Unless he, just, unless he just knocked them out and wants to hit him again. Would you guys? If it was you, you're in the playoffs, let's say in the finals. You knock somebody over and we'll make it a friend. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a close guy. It's one of us three has, has, uh, has fallen on the floor. We're playing against them. Would you guys help the other person up? I wouldn't help you up if it was a rec center game. You wouldn't help me up this morning. I was down as you came in. <laughs> Just for whatever reason, it's not important why, and you would not extend a hand, which no. I thought was scandalous. What do you think, MT? Be honest. Would you? I think you would. I think I would. I would. Yeah. But I'm going back to your other comment, too. I don't think Milwaukee has a dynasty. I think they're going to take a step back. Why? They can't afford to keep everybody. They're going to lose Lopez or Middleton or one of those because yeah. they're too expensive. Like They didn't, they didn't build the, ro- the roster the way the Warriors did. <clears throat> I was really entertained watching that. Watching It was almost like a real-time um, response seeing Giannis have the moment be a little bit too big for him. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't like the, the talent he was playing against suddenly got worse. It wasn't like the defensive you know, the schemes changed or the it pressure did. stopped. It totally changed. Um, well, it was exactly like the defensive schemes. Yeah. I, was, I was testing you, and you've passed my test, but it didn't seem like that's what actually slowed him down. It seemed huh. like he realized that he was actually fighting for history, and that is what got into his head. Yeah, I, the defensive scheme totally changed. Toronto was down 0-2, and all of a sudden they were like, we're not guarding anybody. Do you think we're, that's why putting, he was no longer successful? We're putting four people on Yon. We're putting Kawhi as the primary guy, yeah. and then we got four people behind him. It was, And 
all of a sudden, Milwaukee, who moved the ball so well throughout the year, all of a sudden didn't pass the ball. You don't think, I mean, so obviously. I, Why are we talking about Milwaukee? Of course right? you're exactly, because, but what are you saying yeah for? <laughs> this is your fault. You said, I want to make sure I follow up on that point about Milwaukee, and now we're talking about Milwaukee. Follow up on your point. I'm sorry. <laughs> look, this is your rabbit hole we're currently <laughs> occupying. You're not allowed to make vocal inflections that suggest, what are we answer. doing here? Probably it's answer. ridiculous, yeah. and I still, I'm going to stick by my point. Okay, they changed their stupid defensive scheme, but I still think that his lack of success had more to do with mentality than it did with defensive scheme. Um, triple doubles, Draymond, they've come back, right? We, we, all of us are noticing what the hell Draymond has done since uh, losing those 23 pounds for the playoffs, and one of them is that he's contributed in every single statistical category. So over-unders for Draymond Green triple doubles during the finals, I put it 1.5, boys. Over or under? The funny thing is, when you first said one and a half, I thought, oh, he's going to do that easy. But then I thought about the very first impression I have of Toronto is that they're the best transition defense in the league. And Draymond scores almost all of his points in transition, gets a ton of his assists in transition. If he can't just all of a sudden do his power sprint rebound, power sprint out and play three on four or four on three basketball. Um, I don't think he accumulates the numbers that he norm- that we've been seeing him do. So I'm going to actually go under uh, one and a half. I'm going under two. I don't think he gets one the whole finals. Do you want to talk about Milwaukee for a while? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any follow-ups about maybe their coaching situation? How many triple-doubles would Giannis have like in the finals? You know, actually, I'm glad you said that name. Did you notice the defensive scheme switch that they did in that series? It, it really just let no, me No, what did they do? We don't have to talk about it right now. It's, it's not that important. Um, only so that I can be the optimistic of the three, I will say over, although I'm not in particularly positive of that. Here's one I am. Will Clay score more than 35 points in a game, yes or no? I say yes, but only once. What do you guys got? I'm going to say no because I don't think the Warriors will ever be on the wrong end of a closeout game, and that hmm. seems to be when Clay steps up. It's hmm. a good analysis. Um, I think yes. I think he does it once. Does that count as agree? Hell yes, it does. Oh, just a throwaway exposition. Just in case you guys were wondering, I think that that was great analysis. Resty, why don't you tell us about Milwaukee? Yeah, he does it once. And he helps up Danny Green. He does not help Danny Green. Um, here's a fun one. Who wins the finals MVP? They're going to give it to Stephen Curry this year. Does he care? That's really the question I wanted to ask. Does does this matter to Steph Curry? Is on that list of things the petty list the people who won? You know, is Andre is KD? Oh, I he, mean, he know he knows the people who voted yeah. for Andre Iguodala. There's no doubt about. Well, it. I remember he said you. But yeah, I mean, does he yeah. resent? Does he remember the person who won it too? Does he kind of resent Andre? No, and, no, no. And and like I said at the end of that, I don't think it. To him, all of that stuff is like, who are these people judging me? They don't know my impact on the game. They don't know what my defensive assignment was. They don't know that I was supposed to force this person right or funnel them to the middle. They, they're judging my defense, and they don't even know what my assignment was, right? And so that's the way he looks at all that stuff. Of course he wants to have on his resume an NBA Finals MVP. But since it's media who vote on it, I think that lessens it a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. What's your guess? I think Steph wins MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's seemingly... Assuming that he comes in with a normal skill set that he always does and healthy, all, all the caveats that we would put on something like this, they've already written the story, it kind of feels like. Yeah. I mean, that's what the NBA would like to have happen. It's what NBA fans would like to have happen who are currently not living in Toronto, right? So I, I think that's exactly what's up. it's kind of what the Warrior players want, too. Yes. I could see them rallying around sure. like 
Steph, like we, we need you to win one too. And I could even see KD getting behind that. Does Durant want? That was going to be my next question. Do you think so? I mean, so, you know, you're not Durant. We're glimpsing into his mind. This is only a guess. But from what we know of him, do you think that he's rooting for Steph? Yes. I think he and Steph are close enough that he roots for him because he, he appreciates the game enough to appreciate Steph, yeah. um, the player. So, I mean, he seemed genuine. You know, if he's flying and he's not playing, it's to be with the team, you know. I, I think he's doing it for the right intentions. Um, and the Warriors as an organization, if they're not playing him because he's not 100% and he's still leaving, I think that says a lot about the organization. Like, we, we won't risk your health long-term even if you're going to go not play against here. us. Yeah. If you couldn't bet on Steph Curry to win the finals MVP, who would be your choice? Kawhi. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'd be Kawhi. Um, who else? I mean, what other storylines necessarily? The only stick other out? scenario I was considering was, and my first thought was not that Toronto would win the series. Yeah. It was Kawhi, but because he forced Game Seven, yeah. and it did something amazing. The LeBron, and that started move. making me think of LeBron yeah. and Andre. And if Andre all of a sudden holds Kawhi, who's having an historic postseason, it's interesting. If all of a sudden Andre holds him down, you know he's going to get open shots. Yeah. They're going to leave him open. There's a reason why he's not guarded. Yeah. He knocks down some of those and all of a sudden scores, averages 15 points in the series and holds Kawhi to 18 or something like that. What, what happens then? You at least have to talk about it. Yeah. You yeah. at least have to talk about it. I mean, it depends on what the hell Steph has done. And in this scenario, we can't vote for Steph anyways. Right. Um, Do you put Iggy on Kawhi? I think you have to because I think Clay will guard Kyle Lowry. Steph will stand in the corner with Danny Green. Then Iguodala goes with Kawhi. Draymond goes with Siakam. Um, that, that's the way I think they'll start at least. This is a personality follow-up, not a real one, but these are more important to me anyways. Um, so you illustrated earlier when I was asking, would you help somebody up? You said no, and you wouldn't help me up. And I, what I love about that is it's honest, and you are a remarkably competitive person. Um, I learned that when you've been lying to people about our Papa Shot competition for the last like two or three years. So my, I, only, I only doubled up his score. That's another lie. Let's just keep the lies flowing without any stopping. But my question for I told him. I told him just as a favor, I'm gonna shoot left-handed one time. I only beat him by one. Who's the him in that sentence? Because that definitely did not happen to me. You're not letting me get to my question. My question is this: Mirrored from the bucks. (laughs) (laughs) No more bucks from you. If Maxine was here, I'd somehow cut your mic. And I don't know how to do that, so I'm just gonna have to ask you to stop speaking into your mic. Um, But I was admitting to somebody. We were talking about uh, if you were KD during the Portland series and you're watching this team be remarkably good and they're they're reeling off wins, would you be secretly not resentful but a little bit sad that they were showing the world that they could do this? You know, be really good without you. And I'm confident without asking you, Marcus, that no, you'd be happy for your team and that'd be great and that's why you signed up. I'm confident because I know me. I would say all the right things and I'm happy that they won. I want them to move on, but I would have preferred to go like seven, you know, and then there's all these articles of like, oh, they need you. So for you, who are you on this health spectrum? Like, would you, would you be more like me or happy? Help me out with who's the Eagles quarterback, not Foles, but the good one. Wentz. Wentz. Yeah. And he's the only person I've ever, the only person I've ever heard be honest about this. Because the answer for every competitor is, I want to be the starter. I want to be the star. I want to be the person who helps the team win. (laughs) And that's what Wentz said. He was like, I mean, of course I want the team to win, but man, it's a lot more fun if I'm out there doing it. Uh, And you, and you talking about, I bet that's exactly right. I bet KD thought, man, of course I want him to win because I want a chance to play in the finals, right? But 
wonder if they had to struggle a little bit. I wonder if the narrative turned to, oh man, they need KD. Especially at this time when everyone has been talking about the the, the separation between the Warriors and KD, yeah. right? And like, so that's, he's getting tired of those questions and everyone's saying like, is he actually a part of the team? What better justification right. if they could, they just squeak by and now all the articles are like, God, they need him so much. Right. That would be a hundred. If, if they had lost, I would I'd say all the right things. I'm so sorry. We'll get him next time. And then when I was in a dark room by myself, closed fists. Like, <laughs> Yes. And then I move on. I don't tell anybody, but it happens. All right. Take us home, gentlemen. Who wins this series and how many games? Uh, it's the Warriors are going to win. And just because I always root for the story, this has to be six games. It has to be the way they close out Oracle Arena. Um, I picked it. Warriors in six. Way back, you can ask Matty Stats. <laughs> when you picked Boston... Maxine picked the Bucks. I picked the Raptors. Why? I didn't say you didn't do it. You don't have to give us like further explanation. Also, I don't think you did that. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. Daddy stats. Send Bram an email. True, <laughs> true hoop heads saw at the beginning of this whole thing. They looked at the East and they were like, oh, this is going to be Philly. Milwaukee was the best team. True hoop has knew Toronto was the best team in the East all along. Let the record reflect two things. One, both times you use the phrase true hoop heads, Rusty pointed at Marcus too. <laughs> I'm currently flipping <laughs> off, Rusty, for not pointing at me. I say the Warriors, I'll also say it in six for poetic reasons, will close down Oracle with a championship. Rusty, my last topic for you is also my favorite. Story time, buddy. You've done this before for those who are new to the pod. Story time with, and then whomever it is we are interviewing is simple. We uh, ask them for a story about any player we give them. In this instance, Draymond Green. What do you got? Can I give you two? Yes, you can. All right, I'll do uh, the first time Draymond Green ever got mad at me. And he, like, he does this with everybody. He tests everybody. Like, will this person come back at me or not? Because if not, I'm going to step on him for the rest of their life, right? So we're in Utah. Warriors are getting blown out, um, and this is before Draymond Green is a huge part of the team. This is still when he's he still needs he still needs David Lee to get hurt, and he still needs Jermaine O'Neal to tell Mark Jackson that Draymond Green should be playing. So this is how far down the bench he is, right? right. Um, and so he's not. But the Warriors are getting blown out in Utah, and I keep noticing noticing Rocket Ralph, longtime time security man, coming back to the bench to talk to Draymond, and finally I find out that. It's because Rocket Ralph has given Draymond updates on the Michigan State team. So I send out a tweet that says, Michigan State score, Michigan's winning, no matter that the Warriors are down by 30 in Salt Lake, according to Draymond, right? And so after the game, but this is one of 100 tweets that you send out during the game, so it doesn't mean anything to me. After the game, Draymond's like, thanks, man. I hope you, hope you got your story. And I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> but as soon as PR man Raven Ritter told me what he was mad about, I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have got down that How, How'd you get back into the good graces? Did you go and just I actually, follow your story? What I've always learned about those things, like when a guy comes at you in a locker room, you can't win. Because all of a sudden it's going to be fifteen on one. Sure. Where you go, even if you're right, yeah. it's going to be fifteen on one. So you got to get make it one on one. And as soon as I did, and I knew what it was, I told him, hey, "You're right. It was snarky as can be. It was, what am I doing? Hey, that's stupid. Smart move." Yeah. So after that, we were, we were cool. Um, I sat down with him the first week that he was in the Bay Area, right after he got drafted. Here's a second round pick coming in. Nobody really cares about him. Harrison Barnes is the new savior, right? Even Festus Azili, people are looking at this guy like, "Oh, we got a chance here oh. with this guy." Nobody cares about Draymond. Draymond has a small one-bedroom apartment in Emeryville, and he's so excited about it. You know, this is a guy. This is a guy who didn't have any money growing up, and every everything he wanted to show me in this place, he was like, "Do you think my mom will be proud of this?" And I was like, "Yes." I'll never forget in that interview, he said, "I'm gonna make money in the league." 
but I've never had money my whole life, and I'm never going to act like I have money. And that's always stuck out to me. Did he follow that? Promise? He did not follow that. Promise. <laughs> 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 the camera flashes and he has a pet alligator. He now lives it up yeah, very well. He calls it baby Draymond. Whatever. You know, he earned the right to spend it any way he wants. Uh, great stories. Huge fun, you guys. True every week, certainly true this week. Rusty, one of my favorite guests. I won't uh, belabor the obvious. Instead, I'll invite you to tell the listener just how they can find more Rusty Simmons in their life. Where should they go? All over the stuff. There's a newspaper that comes out daily. We do stuff online constantly. There's a Twitter account. It's fantastic. Can we make him our director of media? Is there some, was that the worst commercial you've ever heard by what? anybody ever? Those are all the variety of ways you can get this wit and, yeah, and still, knowledge all the time. You are on our podcast, and I don't even know where to go now. It's like you've taken away my knowledge. On Every human being who says, hey, yeah, Rusty said something smart in that hour-long... He said one thing smart. I'm going to look him up. And it's easy to find me. I, we must use the term human being differently because I did not think that as you finished that sentence. But okay. when I said that, Kawhi Leonard immediately went to the San Francisco Chronicle and said, oh, I could pick okay. up this and read it every there day. There you go. If you were speaking to the billions of weirdos out there, then congratulations. You've reached I'm, uh, communication. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't differentiate between all the other newspapers in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> For us, you can find us on a podcast, Twitter, and the news email account i mean you can figure out Ooh, don't, don't email go, whatever it is no 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 we are at warriors huddle warriors huddle at gmail.com we're also on patreon um next week i'm going to show a little bit more appreciation to those who followed my desperate plea and signed up i don't want to bore you guys now but you are the lifeblood of the show and why we can do it and again we'll thank you even more properly in about a week here with that in mind go warriors and hopefully we'll see you real soon Good, good.